0: Okay, let's go ahead and open a prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for how much you love and care for us. We ask you to be with us as we look at your word, as we get ready to celebrate you and in, in worship you in the word. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, starting in chapter 13. I have one verse I want to look at, but I'm going to read a couple verses for context, starting in verse 1. This is the third time I am coming to you in the in the in the mouth of two or three witnesses; your every word be established? I told you before, and foretell you, as if I were present. The second time, and being absent now, I write to you, them which are hitherto have sinned, and to all the other, that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you, not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that you shall know that you are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that you do no evil not that you should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the word, but for the word truth, uh, for the truth. I just want to look at this. As we look at the beginning of the year, Paul in verse 5 says, examine yourselves. And you know, it's so easy for many people to follow God and kind of get off on their own thing and start trusting in after all the work that God's done, somehow I'm better than everybody else. And a lot of Christians will do this. They, they, you know, myself, I've done this in various times. You know, somehow, because I follow God, I'm somehow special. And, you know, that's not a truth at all. We are all who we are because of the grace of God. You know, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can do nothing to please God, because we're sinners you know Isaiah tells us that all our righteousness is filthy rags so if you start getting proud about all the good things you're doing God looks at it and says "Wow, you got a whole bunch of filthy rags to give me you now think about this somebody comes up to you and goes, I really want to impress you about how good I've got all the good clothes I have and they put a pile of filthy rags in front of you or you're wearing filthy rags and saying look at this look how good I look you know, we do that to God all the time God, look at me I look really wonderful and, and we look down and we got filthy rags on. Paul says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. I've shared with you I've, I've met especially one person that stands out really strongly in my mind we were in, in, interviewing this couple to be a deacon many years ago and the wife you know, we asked the wife to share how, her, how she got saved and her statement was I've always been better than everybody I know. Okay, this is a person who had been raised in the church, who was in the church three and four times a week, and her answer to the question was, I've always been better than everybody I know. So I, I rephrased the question. When did you recognize that you were a sinner that needed Jesus? And her answer was the same thing. I've always been better than everybody I know. You know, it's a scary thing, but I believe that woman was not born again. If she'd never recognized that she was a sinner in need of a Savior, there's a problem. You know, we are told that for, the, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, every one of us, no matter how good or bad we think we are, no matter you know, the, the best person that you know in your life you know, that you've ever been exposed to or the best person you can think of in history was a sinner and maybe is a sinner if they're still alive. We need to be able to understand that in ourselves, we are sinners and as sinners, we will sin. (laughs) I've shared many times, I'm never surprised when somebody does something wrong because I recognize that everybody's a sinner. Now when it comes to Christians doing something wrong, I'm a little more disappointed but I'm not surprised because I do many wrong things myself. And if you're all looking at me and know me well enough, you'll know that I'm a sinner. I will disappoint you at some point in time by not being as nice as you want me to be or as as joyful as you want me to be. I'm going to be human. And everyone in this church is human. And you will make sins. You will commit sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God says that sinners are going to die. Eternal death. That's not a popular statement in this time, in this day and age, but if sinners do not accept Jesus Christ, they're headed to hell. And people go, well, you're trying to scare people out of hell. You're right. (laughs) If I can scare you into heaven and out of hell, it doesn't bother me. Because that's the destination. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you are headed to hell. And we need to get that into our mind because all of us have family and friends who aren't saved. And if they're not saved. We need to be sharing Christ with them so that they know the message. Now, I'm not telling you every time you go see them, go tell them about Jesus (laughs) because they might start running the other way. But is there a family member in your life that you have not shared the gospel with? Is there somebody in your, some friend of yours that you haven't shared the gospel because you're afraid they might not want to be around you? Well, I would like them to be around me for eternity. I'm going to share the gospel with them. I can tell you I've shared the gospel with all my family. Not all my family is saved, and I don't share the gospel with them every time I see them because I don't want them running away from me. I want the chance to give them the gospel again. But the gospel is a simple. We've talked about this so often. The gospel is simple. We're sinners. <laughs> you know, the greatest thing when I talk to people, even at the prison where I work, you know, it's like they'll tell me they're good. You know, almost everybody will tell you they're good. Why? because they're judging them by their own standards. It's pretty amazing when you're talking to a prisoner and they tell you they're a good person. Why? Because they're comparing themselves to other prisoners. (laughs) Now, there's other prisoners worse than them. (laughs) There might be other prisoners better than them, but they're not going to look at them. (laughs) And they're definitely not looking at anybody outside the prison system. But you know that's not uncommon for all of us. When you start witnessing to people, There's a commonality that every one of them will tell you they're good and they probably, they, they will believe they're good enough to go to heaven. Well, the problem is God says the standard is perfection. The wages of sin, singular, is death. Jesus had to come down to this world because of sin. Adam and Eve sinned and they brought death upon the entire human race because sin was transferred to us. We're born sinners. Now, if you've been around long enough and you've had any education, you'll listen to people and they'll tell you, well, we're all good until we learn to be bad. Well, I had just a couple kids, and I don't remember ever teaching them all how to be selfish. But you know, all four of my kids were selfish. Doesn't uh, help that their dad's selfish, and their mom's selfish, and their grandparents are selfish, and their great grandparents are selfish, and everybody else they know is selfish. They all came out and they were selfish. How many of you have had kids and everything was theirs? <laughs> really bad if you have single you know, uh, no, uh, uh, children with no, no uh, brothers or sisters. But even with brothers and sisters, everything belonged to them. It's my truck. It might not even be their truck. <laughs> it might be their brother's truck, but they're playing with it. It's their truck. That is all part of sin. That selfishness is part of sin. The desire that I am the one that needs to be Blessed. I'm the one that needs all the blessings, yeah. and all the time you hear it with people. Well, I left this uh, job, I left this church because I didn't get what I felt I needed. Yeah. How many times did you hear the word "I" in there? Yeah. Any time you start talking about something, and you hear you, yourself saying "I" and "me" and "my." You got a problem <laughs> because your selfishness is showing forth. People go, well, I left that church because I didn't like the way they were singing. Okay, well, be my guest. Uh, But I hope that you were singing to God and not to you. (laughs) You I didn't like the way the pastor always stepped on my toes preaching the Bible. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to preach the Bible. (laughs) If it steps on toes, it steps on toes. If it calls sin, sin, it's sin because it is sin. Many times we hear in our world, well, you Christians just have to catch up with all of us. Well, no, I don't have to catch up with anything because my goal is to please God and not man. If God says something's a sin, I'm going to call it a sin. In our world, you can live together and not have a problem. God calls fornication sin. I can't change that. God calls it sin, it's sin. God says that having an affair outside of the bounds of marriage is adultery, and he calls it sin. I'm going to call it sin. I can't change what God says because my goal is to please God and not man and if there's somebody who doesn't like it well the problem is not with me it's with God I was reading the scripture one time in a, in a Sunday school class and the guy says I don't agree with what you said I had to think for a moment did I say anything other than reading scriptures because I have a habit of interjecting, <laughs> interjecting words in the middle of reading and I'm going no I just read the Bible I'm going well your problem isn't with me because all I do is read the scripture your problem is with God you know we got to keep this in mind if you are a follower of Christ you need to agree with God if you don't like what you read doesn't matter God doesn't care whether you like it or not he says I'm true you know God pretty amazing he doesn't really care what we think (laughs) he loves us he wants us to follow him but you know he doesn't care Well, God I just don't know if I agree with what you said there (laughs) it has no effect on God Uh, When I was managing it, usually didn't have an effect on me either. You don't like what I said to do? I don't care. I'm in charge. Go do it. And God's kind of that way. It's like, it's true. I said it. It's true. We need to keep this in mind. We are all sinners. We deserve punishment. Jesus died for that sin. And Paul says, examine yourselves to know whether you are of the faith. And we've talked about this. You know, too many people, and I hear it all the time. Well, I said a prayer when I was eight years old. I said a prayer when I was in high school okay wonderful you said some words did you mean them did you mean those words some people did I became a Christian when I was 10 years old those words were real to me and they meant everything and they changed my life at 10 years old they changed my life is God changing your life is he making you more like him Are you more loving? Are you more kind? Are you more grace-oriented? Or are you just following a whole bunch of rules trying to please God? And if all you're doing is following a bunch of rules to please God, it's not going to please him. It's not enough. We need to keep this in mind. Paul says examine yourself. Are you in the faith? Did you mean those words? How do we get saved? We confess Christ and we call upon his name and we accept that he is who he is and we make a Decision that he is the all-in-all. He is the only way I can get to heaven If you say well, I'm going to give Jesus a try. I'm going to say this prayer and give Jesus a try Sorry, your prayer didn't mean anything God is pretty inclusive. He goes I want all of you. I don't want some of you I don't want you to say well, I'm going to try Jesus over here and I'll go over here to Buddha and I'll go over here to Krishna and I'll go over here to uh, Some other group or I'll do this and the other thing and one of them might work. That's not believing in Christ. That's not trusting in Christ. We need to say, I'm all in for you, God. If you're not true, God, I have no hope. When you have that belief in God, you're having a relationship with him. If you don't have an all-in attitude with God, you don't have the right right attitude in relationship with God. Are you going to have a perfect relationship from the very beginning? Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, it's going to take years to change people. God will change areas in your life when you come to him. But all the time as you read God's word, he'll say, okay, this is something new for you to consider. We're going to take you to the next level. You thought you were a pretty loving person? Let's just wait till I put that next person in your way. (laughs) They're, They're really going to challenge your love. You thought you were giving grace to people and allowed them to have their way? I'm going to put somebody in your life that's going to be really hard to give that grace to. God does that over and over and God does not let you move on to the next level of the test until you pass the level he's testing you on it's not like school even when we were going to school in those days okay you know most of this stuff you're going to go to the next level with the rest of your class God says nope you didn't learn this lesson you get to redo it and redo it and redo it and then you'll hear yourself or you'll hear somebody say well I just get tired of this I keep going through the same test Well, maybe you need to pass that test. (laughs) You know, maybe you should go pass the test and you won't have to go through that test. (laughs) The really good news is you have a harder test next. (laughs) I don't want to make people sad, but it is. It's a harder test, but you know, God is still with you in those tests. He is always with you in the test. And the next test doesn't, even though it's a harder test, won't seem that much harder because it's just a little little bit harder. I like to, I... As you, as you all know, I love mathematics. And I usually go, you know, if you had a kindergartner and you gave them a multiplication test, they'd freak out. Now, if you gave a high school test, a high schooler an addition test, they would probably look at you and say, "Are you kidding?" It wouldn't even be a test to them. God does the same thing. If you're in a kindergarten level with God, He's going to give you a kindergarten test. Now, as a kindergartner, in, the kindergarten test is a hard test. If you have a college degree and they give you a kindergarten test, you go, "This isn't a test." This is just a memory drill or something. You, you fill out the answer. God does the same thing. If you're just starting with God, He's not going to get you into a college-level test and say, "Here, I'm going to give you the hardest person ever to love and expect you to love them." He'll give you some pretty, pretty easy to love. Now, when you've walked with Him for a while and you've learned how to love people, He might put some people that are pretty hard to love, pretty challenging to love, pretty hard to give mercy to. But He says. I am yours examine yourself to see if you are in the faith are you growing you know, and I challenge people look back over your life are you different today than you were last year five years ago ten years ago 20 or 30 years ago if you've been walking with God long enough you know, are you different today not disciplined But different, has God crucified some areas of your life and he is now the one ruling in those areas of your life? Because many of us can get disciplined. You know, many of us can discipline our flesh and say, well, I'm not going to do that for a short period of time. (laughs) And at some point, we will fail in that discipline. Somebody who gives up drinking and they don't drink for 20, 30 years, and then all of a sudden, start drinking again. They disciplined themselves really well but they weren't changed. They they weren't crucified. We can do this. We can I'm gonna be really nice to this person and we might be nice to them for quite a while and then they just get to us on the right day (laughs) and realize that the flesh is still there (laughs) as we explode because we're just not in the right moment. They did something was just right to really irritate us But we need to look at, am I growing in Christ? And this is our challenge for us today. Are you growing? Are you being changed? Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live according to the faith of Jesus. God wants to crucify our flesh. He doesn't want it disciplined. He doesn't want it put in chains in in the deepest dungeon. He wants it killed. If it's killed, it'll be gone. And you know, that's when you've gotten the victory over someplace. The good news is God will give you someplace else to get a victory over. <laughs> Walking with him for 44 years, uh, 46 years, and he keeps giving me new things to have victory over. And you know what? The longer you walk with God, the more you see the things need to be changed in your life. You know, it's a never-ending story until we finally die and go to heaven. There are always going to be these things in our life that need to be changed because we are sinners. <laughs> and there's lots of things in our life that need to be changed. The good news is we can become more like God and more like God. And when people look at you and say,ing, Oh, that's what a Christian is supposed to live like. That's what a Christian is supposed to be at. They're supposed to love people. They're supposed to be kind. Yeah, they fail once in a while, but they usually are gentle and kind. And that's what the being like Christ is going to be. But it's not us making ourselves be more like Christ it's being in the faith. Letting God crucify our flesh, letting him fill us, and then he comes out of us. Christian life is in one sense very simple, just like God, (laughs) very hard because it's hard to just like God. The question I keep getting asked is, how do you surrender to God? Well, how would you surrender if the police were outside your door? You have a trace if the police were outside your door. You go outside and you surrender, or you can fight. You'll lose in the long run, but you can fight. (laughs) You want to fight God you'll lose in the long run, but you can choose to fight God. Most of us do in many areas of our life. We choose to fight God rather than surrender and he's saying I just want you to surrender. You know how easy life is when you just surrender? Hopefully you've had something in your life that you've had a hard time getting over and getting getting past and the the day you finally surrender it just disappears. You don't fight it anymore you just say God I give up I'm tired of fighting this battle. And God says, "About time. Let's take it out of your life, and we'll go to the next one." Then you fight God for a while on that new thing. (laughs) As as you mature, usually you get a little old, better, and you just give up a lot faster (laughs) because you've learned how easy it is to give up. You start learning to love people better, give more forgiveness, be more Christ-like, because you've seen Him do it over and over again. You know, what is it that we're willing to do for God? We looked at this video at the very beginning. This person came back and said, we thank you for sending the missionaries out. One young girl who left her country was sent back to her country to to be a witness. Have you read biographies about things? I've been reading this one biography about how hard this person had to get to the mission field that she felt called to. She was told by the mission board that she was not qualified to go to the mission board. Then she you know, raised her own money to go to mission board and still had trouble getting there and got, got, ended up being uh, arrested in another country and kidnapped and finally made it to, her, to where she was supposed to go and the person she was supposed to meet wasn't there. <laughs> you know, how many of us would continue <laughs> trying to be a missionary with, with even half of that going on? Okay. Uh, God, I think I'm supposed to do this. Okay, here's your first problem. Well, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> We we battle over that problem, we get to the next problem. Well, I guess I'm not supposed to do that. Most people do not persevere to follow God. This is something we need to be looking at, persevering. Has God asked us to do something? Do it. Accept no excuses. Well, God, I'm too young, I'm too too middle-aged, I'm too old, I'm too retired, Uh, none of those work. God, I don't have enough money. I have too much money, (laughs) whatever it might be. God really doesn't care about our excuses when he says, go do something. He says, I will take care of it. I will provide. The greatest thing to do is watch God provide. It's an amazing thing to watch God provide for you. You Stuck in the middle of nowhere and everybody's going, how are you going to get home? I don't know. (laughs) God will take care of it and watch him do it. How are you going to pay your bills? I don't know. <laughs> I'll take whatever jobs I can find, and God will take care of it. How are you going to get out to be a missionary? I don't know. God will, God will teach me what I need to know, and I'll be a missionary if that's what he's called you to do. God, how am I going to say the right things to my friends to get them to be saved? Open your mouth. <laughs> you know, open your mouth. God says he'll, he promises to fill your mouth. And I hope that you've experienced, I love to share the gospel with people and I love to get in the middle of sharing the gospel and start, start just listening to myself because it's not me speaking anymore. It's God speaking. And you go, wow. I, I, I'm pretty smart somehow. I don't know. I knew I knew all this stuff. The Holy Spirit will fill your mouth. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up. He hadn't been able to stand up in front of crowds before and he spoke to, spoke to the audience and 3,000 people got saved. How would you like that to be your first message to people? 3,000 people get saved. <laughs> no. How would you like to stand up in front of <laughs> 3,000 or more people and, and talk about Jesus? Most, most people would freeze just at that. How many people freeze up just when they have one person in front of them? Sitting, sitting at the doctor's office, waiting for your appointment, complaining about how long it takes rather than taking an opportunity to talk to anybody. And if the subject of God somehow manages to come up, (laughs) kind of backing off from it, well, I don't know. They might get offended if I talk about God. Praise God. You know, Jesus offended lots of people by talking about God. Paul, Peter, James, John, Matthew, all of them offended lots of people about talking about God. Now, I'm not saying you go out and purposely try to be offensive. But when you start talking about God, people are going to be offended. When you start talking that God has righteous standards, people are going to be offended. When you say, oh, for goodness sake, that there's an absolute right and wrong, and God's given it in our day and age, oh, man, that's, that's a terrible thing to be saying. Because they'll tell you, well, you need to just evolve with the rest of us. We've all, we've all gone past all these sins. You know, God just given me something to stand for, and I have to stand for it. And if you want to be evolved past what God says is true, well, you'll spend eternity in hell. And we need to be able to speak boldly with people and let them know there are standards. God has a standard. His standard is perfection. Now, I don't know about anybody in this room. Actually, I do. I know myself, I'm not perfect. And I know that everybody in this room, you might be pretty close to perfect, but you're not perfect. (laughs) Because God says we're all sinners. The only one who's ever been perfect was Jesus. He lived a perfect life and died on the cross and became sin on the cross for us. We need to be ready to share that. So challenge for us as we look today, examine yourself, are you in the faith? And really challenge yourself to, sh- to share the gospel message. When we did the evangelism class, we, we encouraged people, pray that God would give you one person each day to talk to. The secret is take advantage of it when God puts that person in your hands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because during that time, I had many people go, well, I had this person and I didn't talk to him. (laughs) Open your mouth and share the gospel. The gospel is real easy. We're sinners, we deserve punishment, Jesus died for us, we need to accept him as our savior and Lord. Pretty simple message, you can give it to him in 15, 30 seconds. You might want to elaborate on it with him, but you can give him the gospel in 30 seconds. Do you believe the gospel? Is God living in you and changing who you are? This is the most important question you have to look at. Is he changing me? Is he making difference in my life and changing me? When I got saved at 10 years old, he made some big changes in my life, and you know what, he's been working ever since. Now, this is is a very hard-headed, thick-headed, stubborn pastor you have, and I'm getting better doesn't take me six years anymore to get to, to decisions usually I'm usually pretty quick and go okay God <laughs> what is it what, what is it this time yeah. but it's taken a long time to get there it's taken a long time to get there and we need to be able to say God I want you to change me open my mouth help me to share teach me what to say to people we're going to close here in, with prayer Lord, we just thank you for this day Lord if there's Anybody listening on this on the internet or, or in this room that doesn't know you, we ask that today be the day that they know you. That they will recognize that they're a sinner and they will repent and tell you that they're sorry for their sins and they know they deserve punishment and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and ask him to come in and dwell with them. He says, You say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man ask me in, I will come and dine with him. Lord, we ask that that be the case. Lord, for others listening to this that know you real, really well, Lord, we ask that they, number one, examine themselves and ask you to crucify areas of their life that need to be crucified, that they can learn to be walking closer and closer with you. And we just thank you for all of that. Lord, we ask you to bless this time as we worship you in song again and follow you in your son's name. Amen.